Welcome. You are now entering the Portal Cast. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Portal Cast. Today we're sitting here with Kevin Keller, who for the last 10 years has been studying holistic nutrition and as a shamanic psychonaut has also quested with different medicines, including 5-MeO-DMT. He's here to share his experiences and to start off the portal, we'll be opening up with a meditation. Take a deep breath in, in through your nose, out through your mouth. The rattle is like chaos. It's like your mind just going and going and going and going. And then when you take that moment to take that breath, things begin to slow down. So don't forget to breathe because breath is life. And if you can control your breath, you can control your heart. If you control your breath, you control the rhythm of your heart. Long, deep, slow, elongated breaths slow the heart down. Short, shallow, rapid breaths, speed the heart up. Breaths into the chest, speed the heart up. Breathing into the abdomen, into the belly button, into the navel, like a child laying on its back in the crib. Freshly born, that child breathes into their abdomen. With every inhale, the belly rises. With every exhale, the belly falls. You are sacred, you are divine, you are a gift. You inspire others. Now inspire yourself and take a breath. Exhale. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I already felt that with the rattle. Mm-hmm. I felt like my heart was being And what I really appreciate about that was it was reminding me something I read. It was in the Upanishads, actually, when I read the Upanishads. And this is a huge paraphrase of what it was, really. But it was basically saying that we could live without all of our senses, right? We could live without sight. We could live without taste. No, we could even live without touch. We could even live without our minds, you know, individuals who are, like, paralyzed, you know, or aren't able to even, like, think. But the only thing that we can't live without is our breath. 
because as soon as the breath leaves, it's also life leaving, um, and it's also when we leave our, our vessel. And so I'm curious to kind of just start off there and open up the portal there about what is this breath and what is this idea of, uh, of the spirit and what has the medicine kind of shown you over the years of identifying uh, and having a better understanding of the self and of the body um, and of this breath? Oh. That's a really good question. And it's, it's a, definitely a very philosophical question. Most definitely, right? Oh, <laughs> <I mean, it's... laughs> uh, so what is the breath? Well, let's go back to what you said. Like you know, um, let's actually start with somebody who's about to transition. Um, <clears throat> you know, they're having their last moments on Earth, and they're having their last breaths, and then they stop breathing. And then they go cold and then they go stiff and then their body decomposes and goes back into the ether, into nature. And one thing they've studied, um, I saw a science article about this, is that when a person crosses over, they, they weighed a person, they like, put them on a scale as they were dying. And when they took their last breath, they said that the person's spirit, you know, they said they could weigh the spirit leaving their body. So when oh, the person right. died, they lost the, the, the weight, the weight of the uh, body. Like, uh, what was it? It decreased by about 0. 0.005 grams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's... so just ever so slightly, like <laughs> there was a slight weight difference. Um, and, you know, f the modern physics says God doesn't, isn't really, doesn't really exist, but there's a lot of scientists out there who have proved the existence of God and the existence of spirit and the existence of other places, you know, like other dimensions, overlapping dimensions that we can't really see, but are equally important and affect this reality. Um, and so, you, and breath, breath is powerful. There's like, I've had moments of just doing breathing exercises, pranayama, pranayama you know, like breath of fire, like, um, the, just the standard abdomen breathing. I, I call it child breathing because that's how a child breathes. Mm-hmm. But before a child learns fear, that's how they breathe. And when they learn, then when they learn fear, they get anxious and uptight and the wind gets uptight and then they start breathing into their neck and then, and then they have speaking issues and then they get, in, they get overly mental and, um, and then the ego gets a really strong grip, but there are methods to, you know, balance that out, like breathing, music, 
art therapy and Find harmony you know mm-hmm. part, part of uh, i like how you're mentioning that you know and how you brought up that analogy of just like when the spirit when the breath leaves the body mm-hmm. uh it's a great conversation on just like death and then like you mentioned crossing over or as they say passing over mm-hmm. you know one of the biggest uh things uh, or one of the biggest transformations i've had with working with psychedelics specifically bufo uh, has been recreating my relationship with death and this idea of death you know um it's quite says death is only the beginning um i sat with bufo twice uh the five meo dmt experience um and both times as i've come back and as i've experienced uh they've really shifted my perception of what death is and like coming back into my body after what was like death you know ego dissolution or ego death coming back has uh, definitely shifted the way I, i was seeing reality and the perception of it um one thing that's really inspired me has been your relationship with bufo and uh, the amount of times that you sat with him, the way you've connected with it. Um, and so I'm curious uh, if you're open to share about that experience, about what started you on the path of Bufo, how many times have you sat with it, um, and how has it shifted your relationship to death? Yeah. Um, and I was going to say one more thing before yeah, transitioning into this. Yeah. And I was going to top on the, the idea of astral projection but uh, we'll talk about that ooh, interesting with okay. bufo yeah 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 and so what started me with bufo what uh-huh. um, started me on the path was just it was, it was like with plant medicine in general it was just mm. my mental health in general mm. like feeling just the w- desire and want to not be emotionally imbalanced and to feel peace and happiness at all times um, and a sense of groundedness as well, because I used to be very in my head about a lot of things. And, um, the, you could say the, the path of medicine actually started with the path of holistic nutrition. And that was something I've studied for about 10 years now. And I've learned a lot. I learned a lot of beautiful, great things. It's taught me a lot about gardening and other great things, but to get on the topic of Bufo, what was really the catalyst, like I said, it was my mental health. And I remember uh, my body was hurting and my, my mind was hurting. Mm. And so I did a 30-day water fast. 30-day water fast? Yes. Oh, snap, and before I did that 30-day water fast, I yeah. met um, a man at a at LA Disclosure Fest uh-huh. and he we were talking and he was like you know like I think you would like Bufo you should try it and I knew about a Bufo shaman in Riverside named Annabelle mm-hmm. who've who we've both sat with and that's our main shaman for Bufo and I was like okay so I did my 30-day water fast and about like day 15 day 18 i scheduled an appointment with annabelle because i was planning on essentially breaking my water fast with bufo interesting so you're already halfway through the 30 days yeah yeah and i just and like i just felt called to be like you know what i need to do this like because i've tried a lot of things and you know and a lot of things didn't work and i was like you know what let's just try this i just had a good feeling about it and 
So I finished my 30-day water fast <laughs> and yeah, um, water. scheduled the appointment. Wow. And it was the appointment was four days after I broke the fast. So I at least wow. had a little bit of time to eat. But Wow. What was it like breaking your fast? You'd have to 30 days of just so, water. So the, it was interesting. The first meal I broke my fast with was a medjool date. A medjool date? Like uh, a fresh one. A fresh date. A fresh date. Like, wow. Because uh, it was October. It was October of 2018. Right. So d- dates were in season. So wow. I went from September 8th to October 8th. Broke my fast with a medjool date. And it was such a crazy experience tasting that that I started just immediately crying. And it was very beautiful. And then fast forward to October 12th. Bufo. Bufo. Hmm. And so I'm probably like 120 pounds, like really thin. And which is good for Annabelle because like sometimes Bufo can get really crazy for some people. And they Hmm. like move a lot and they have to be held down because Hmm. like... Bufo is a very purgative experience and it's a very, it's very energetically liberating on many levels. And, you know, not all of us have a perfect, you know, upbringing, psychological health, emotional health. And so when we go through the Bufo experience or the, even the ayahuasca experience, but the Bufo experience is a little more robust and explosive. So, you know, I've seen people just lay there and just be quiet and still. And I've seen people have a full on exorcism, myself included. Yeah. And, um, was that your first experience? Was it like an exorcism? It was, it was something else. Every Buvo experience is something else, but like the first one definitely stuck out in my mind just because it Mm. lasted a lot longer than the other ones. Mm. Like each hit, because I took two hits. Uh Um, she said that like each, Cause this is my first time taking Bufo and like when you're in Bufo, you're in it and you have no idea like about time. I mean, you have a, you have a mild, mild Perception. inclination of what, you know, the time, but wow. it's just such a profound, it's so, in, as you can see, it's very intense, very extreme, very beautiful, very, it takes your, is it's hard to explain but if I were to explain Bufo, <laughs> yeah. and before I get into my experience, if I were yeah. to explain Bufo, it's just one of two things happen. You just lay there and you ask to project, or you stay in your body and you feel your body and you purge the demons that are in your body. Yeah, and entities, 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 densities, blockages, you know, meridian electrical blockages, ancestral blockages in your genetic line. And um, and the purging could look like many different ways, pur- right? It, it's, it could be throwing up, even be screaming, crying, crying shaking, yeah. yelling. Yeah, like saying things. Like some people speak in tongues when they're getting like yeah, the, the exorcism right. experience, right. huh. you know. Um, but for me... And is that something to be like worrisome about for individuals that like have never sat with Bufo or maybe have and don't really know what to make of the experience of like, yo, I didn't even know like what that was. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to get, I'm going to, so I'm going to say like my Bufo experience so you can, this is cause it's going to get crazy. (laughs) This is your first one. So the first one, one, you know, I see her, like we say hi, we, you know, go through the whole, uh, rehearsal of how to. You, uh, ingest Bufo. Yeah, that's right. 
like the smoking rehearsal. So we do it. She takes her hit of Bufo. She takes a hit of Bufo. And then she like divinates. She's like looking into the clouds. And I can tell that she's like in this like shamanic trance. And she's like looking and like seeing into this other realm. We'll call it the astral realm or the dream realm. And it was like she was. And what I got from it was she was essentially looking at like everything about me. And it's because she needs to know how to navigate my energy the most efficiently. So these tools, and that's another thing, these tools, these shamanic substances, when done and used appropriately, they can, it's a psychic substance. It can, it gives you access to a, to a, to a realm that has information and other things. And, um, it's very, very important, very a part of this realm. You know, we see, and so she's accessing that realm, the spirit realm. She's looking, looking, divinating. And then she looks at me and then she's like, you know, she has a big smile on her face. And at the same time, she's like, you know, there's been a lot of like darkness surrounding you. And so, but we're going to get rid of that. Like, so it's like More or less is what she said. I'm, I'm spark noting it and summarizing. Yeah. And then I hit it. And so I'm 120 pounds and she starts doing her shamanic, like, like enchanting. And then like, for some reason, my body didn't want to surrender. And so I like, I, I, I remember yelling, stop. And then I like, and then she's like, it kind of startled her a little bit, but, and then I like stood up. And then I was, just, and then I remember her telling me at the beginning, she's like, anything that you say and comes through is pure spirit. Just let it come through. You know, it's, it's part of the release. And I remember walking down, we're in her backyard and she has this like gazebo up in like her, on this like hillside in her backyard. And I walked down the stairs. As fast as you're walking. To get a little bit. Yeah. yeah I was able to, I was walking so you, on Bufo. Like, wow. At 120 pounds. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. And, <laughs> oh, gosh. And and a couple of, I've walked a couple of times on Bufo. Um, and it's only in, like, the beginning, like, in those beginning ceremonies, because I feel like I was more, for some reason, my body just had a harder time surrendering to the medicine, because my mind was very resistant. I had a lot of resistance in my mind at the time. Where do you think that, that was from? Uh, a lot of things. And Bufo showed me a lot of things. And um, one of the experiences I had on Bufo, like, so during the same ceremony, it was the nuttiest, craziest thing. Because when you're on potent medicine with a really wise shaman, um, the experience I had at one point, and I think this was about like 20 to 30 minutes into the first hit, is I was just laying there and I got up and I, it was like I was in like another place and I could, if it was like, so there's this video game, it's called Assassin's Creed. I love that game. Like and, said, I didn't play that much, but I am familiar. And the premise is, is there's this machine that allows people to look into their ancestral memories. And I had that experience with Bufo. I lo was able to look into my ancestral memory, but I didn't, and I looked at all of them for like in the blink of an eye, but the shaman and I, we stopped on this one that was very uh, congested. It was congesting my aura and it was congesting my ancestral connection. 
and this was it w- you can so and I remember at this one point in the Bufa ceremony it was about 20 30 minutes in and I remember essentially looking at this one ancestral memory and it was an ancestral memory of the Irish of Ireland because I am part Irish um, and it was the Catholic Church coming in to Ireland and before Ireland was Catholic it was uh they spoke Gaelic, which was a, like an indigenous language, essentially, because we're all indigenous, like white people included. And the only thing that throw that takes away from our indigenous roots is Abrahamic religions, like the Catholic Church always kind of skewed things for the indigenous people, as well as other big religions. I feel like, and. So it showed, and and what are the, and the people of Ireland? They were druids. That was the religion or the spirituality. The Celtics spoke Gaelic, and they practiced druid right. magic. Druid magic. Druids. Druidism, which is like it's like a type of magic where you're. It's it's like pagan magic. Pagan being, and I don't mean pagan as in the the Catholic word for which means heathen or devil worshipper. The old word for pagan, the old meaning, is one who worships the earth. And and then all of a sudden, one who worshiped the earth became witchcraft. And then all of a sudden, witchcraft became devil worship. Okay, witchcraft and all magic is rooted in earth worship and star worship. Mm-hmm. You know, the earth as, the abo- earth as, as below. As, so above. So above. As bo- yeah. As so. Above, so below. And it showed the Catholics, it showed the priesthood coming in, and this was, and it seemed like it was like, like fifteen hundreds ish. Wow! So you're walking. I was like, I was, I was my ancestor. You, okay, I so. was my ancestor, wow. and I was, yeah. and like, it showed me as, and like, my ancestor was a kid, and it showed this like giant, crazy, Catholic priest, like. And all these like mercenaries, like killing all the druids, and then like taking the children, sexually abusing them, and then um, either breeding them for whatever they wanted. Because when you traumatize somebody that bad, they, you can, it's easier to brainwash them in a way, especially when they're young children. And so that's what I saw. I saw my ancestor getting sexually abused by a Catholic priest. And it was an Irish child. It was a male. And I was, and it blew my mind because, you know, like the Catholic church has been a part of human trafficking and pedophilia for a very long time. And it's bled into other aspects of society, like corporations and, uh, politicians and uh, and it's all rooted in vampire magic that's and it's like vampire, vampire voodoo magic, magic. Yeah, yeah voodoo vampire and in some cases cannibalistic magic wow. um, and because what and just real quick yeah. magic 
what we, is what is magic there's all these types of magic yeah so there's a lot of types of there's there's quite a bit of there's types of there's different types of magic um the How, base yeah. the the if i could explain magic simply yes magic is the ability to have an effect on the world to change the world and how you see fit now sometimes the means justify the ends sometimes mm -hmm. the means don't justify the ends but the ends right. justify the means sometimes the means and the ends aren't just at all and they're just purely right. wicked and evil most definitely so it's your so, right it's, utilizing our magic since we all have magic we're all using magic every day your thoughts are magic mm -hmm. your thought is a prayer prayer is an action of imposing an energy onto something you know when we pray for somebody like in, like what i like like i've done i've studied a lot of religion and what i when i in something they talk about in christian science is how prayer can heal people hmm. just like how in reiki when we do reiki yeah we can heal people with reiki we can enhance their well-being and then in some cases we can produce a supernatural miracle where we like make their knee stop clicking for i don't know maybe 72 hours or make their back hurt stop hurting for the rest of their life or right you know sometimes there's those hiccup anomalies that can that can happen yeah in energy healing yeah and mm. but we don't know how that happens and we don't know why some people can do it better than others. Mm. I feel like I have an idea of, why, of how it happens and like why some people can do it better than others. Mm. And there's a lot of things that go into it. Right. But and, to explain magic, yeah. another, and so it's how it's your thoughts and your actions, but um, having a supernatural effect on the world. Mm. <clears throat> and when I say supernatural effect, you know, to us, it's supernatural. Mm. To somebody who's born into magic, it's just normal. They're you know what I mean? Normalization of reality. Yeah, right. so it's like in the Matrix, like when he meets the kid, the kid can naturally bend the spoon. Yeah. To him, it's easy, but right. more or to Neo, his mind is a little bit more rigid, so it takes him a little bit more time. But he can do it. Yeah, because yeah. everybody has magic flowing through them. Every, anybody, everybody has the same. Everybody is the same type of magic, the same type of Christ consciousness, the same mm. type of spirit mm. like we're all we're all we're all one but we're all different unique like a diversified yeah we're all fractals of the one exactly and yeah. i like how you mentioned this because this is leading me to the inspired sheriff's karma you mm -hmm. know and like how our actions uh you reap karma and like the way we use our magic and since you know we could look at it um i heard this analogy one time of like a fishbowl you mm -hmm. know and like when a fish is in a bowl and it poops mm -hmm. eventually it's gonna swim around and mm -hmm. if that poop isn't clean mm -hmm. he's gonna be swimming in his in, in his own shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so in one way that's kind of like uh, karma is that it might not be immediate all the time but if it isn't cleared um you're gonna it's gonna come back to you and so you're sharing coming back to your buffalo experience you know you're mentioning mentioning about kind of being your ancestors and kind of witnessing you know um uh, these tragic uh, events um, and in, in some ways we could look at it as like just karma you know and like um, karmic cycles kind of being shown to you and how that could then be in some ways in your direct experience of now you clearing that karma and you clearing those cycles of your own lineage and your own ancestry in that way so i'm curious to know like in the integration of and after this this experience what did that look like for you um just 
being in that realm and then seeing all this what did you do with that um i well first they gave me like a very in-depth and remind we got to talk about we got to finish magic yes, but first they yes. gave me a very in-depth understanding of how karma works yes. and how wow. energy circulates and how deep sometimes these canals of energy run you know like sometimes they're shallow rivers sometimes they're really deep rivers of energy and like and you know we we don't always know what we're going to get when we do the bufo experience um i did not know i was going to see that at all but i did and it blew my mind but it also kind of gave me this comfort comfort that i that history is inside me so i don't necessarily need to go to a book for history because my ancestors have lived history and um excuse me and so when i finished my bufo journey um a bunch of other stuff you know was coming up and stuff, but that, I just remember that one just being so crazy profound. And so I go home and then the first night I didn't sleep. Like I was, I stayed awake through the whole night, just like in this beautiful, blissful meditation. And my, I just remember my body just feeling so soft and so whole and so like at one and at peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was just like seeing like just, Sometimes I was and like I'll see like pretty like soft, gentle, fractal bits of information on and I'll be channeling information wow. through that whole night. Wow. And and then the next night wow. uh-huh. I I was able to go to bed. Mm. And then I finally went to bed and then I went to bed and then I asked to project it. Like for like a true ask to projection. Mm. And I remember I pop out and I'm floating to the ceiling, and I can f- hear two other astral projectors or entities. I'm pretty sure they're astral projectors, and they were talking <laughs> to me in what sounded like a mix between like Greek, Hebrew, and Latin. Mm. And mm. and then I remember like l- I remember they were trying to tell me something in the language, and then I figured it out, and because they were trying to tell me to breathe. Right. Because when you're in the astral right. realm, you like the, you can, it's really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when you're floating outside your body, it's very, and this is, this, this, this is really important if you're going to practice astral traveling. Mm. When you're floating outside of your body, you feel the, your presence, you feel the presence of your consciousness in two areas, mm. one in the astral and it's viewing everything. And then the other in your bed and that one's, and you can feel yourself breathing. And so when you get into the astral, it's very, information moves a lot faster. Thought and energy moves a lot faster. And so the way you stay grounded and centered through all this extra bit of information is through by consciously telling yourself when you're in the astral to breathe. So when you're having an outer body experience, if you ever get there, tell like it's going to be overwhelming. You're going to be shocked a little bit just because it's a new thing, you know. Right. New right, things right, are right. 
shocking sometimes and just tell yourself to breathe and you'll feel your body go <gasps> like that and then and then, you, and then when you're there you just keep saying breathe right. and you just so, so and, you get, and you get used to that feeling of feeling yourself breathe into your body while you're in your body while simultaneously being conscious and mm. in this other form that allows you to view the world essentially with your eyes closed. Another aspect that I like to uh, dive into, which I feel is important, is given your experiences with working with these medicines and diving into like shamanic healing and whatnot, what has that, what type of shadow work have you profoundly kind of self-realized and have healed uh, that would really inspire others behind the screen into what's possible with these medicines? And Anything is possible with these medicines. One time when I was on, when I was with ayahuasca, ayahuasca asked me, she's like, what do you want? And then I said something and she said, no, you're lying. Tell me what you really, really want. So I told her, but I'm not going to tell you because that's just for me and her to know. (laughs) Um, And if there's one thing that, was multiple things, but for me, one of my biggest, my biggest struggle was communication and communication through being transparent about how I feel about certain things. Um, you know, as a male, I feel like we're taught to emotionally bottle up a lot of our, a lot of our emotions. And so that was a very gnarly programming for me to let go of was the act of telling people that like, Oh, I'm fine, you know? And, or just like, just telling people like just the truth, you know, like to me, I always like kind of like I had a, I had a thing where I was like, Oh, I'm kind of a burden. You know, I don't want to be too overbearing or overburdening for people X, Y, and Z. And that wasn't the case ever, you know? Um, <clears throat> it was just like it's just like a lack of self-love right. yeah exactly. and which medicine helped me realize was like how perfect and beautiful inside and out how like all the best characteristics about me like it helped me realize like you are a human being you are you are peace you are serenity you are love you are compassion you are not chaos. You are not rage. You are not hatred. You are not paranoia. You are not grief. You are not these things that are fearful and very, you know, very suffocating. Right. Right. And the suffering that we experience in the human condition of identifying with all those things, you know, and really getting to the core of it, which you mentioned. And thank you so much for for sharing just self-love, you know, really having love for ourself and for our individual self, you know, and like expanding that to even something mentioned earlier, which is all is self. And and so then having love for all things, uh, but it starts with our individual self, you know, and, uh, I really appreciate that because then, you know, these patterns, these thoughts that, you know, come up with being feeling like we're overbearing or mm-hmm. not fully allowing ourselves the liberation through vulnerability and mm-hmm. what we really feel and just kind of holding 
onto a mask of how you know we're used to our programming of like well i'm fine you know and because that's kind of like the programming of like well if i speak my feelings then it might not be received well or i might be shamed for it you know misunderstanding misunderstanding that's all that's that was like one of my biggest fears was being misunderstood Mm. you know yeah being misunderstood my fear was I'm, I'm afraid to be misunderstood so I'm not going to be vulnerable and transparent mm. so I'm just always going to shut my mouth and not express myself at my true authentic level and hmm. and then in turn I ended up suffering for years yeah. and then but then I found my I found the path of you know just self-actualizing through yeah. certain practices mindfulness breathing yoga meditation plant medicine (laughs) (laughs) and 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 it helps me all of those things had a very pivotal and crucial role in helping transform my psyche my body my emotions into a much more natural and relaxed being you know like I used to be the most uptight human being, like super anxious, shy, nervous, depressed, up, down, up, down, up, down, apathetic, callous, jaded, you know, like just all over the place. And then this is like the plant medicine, the shamanic experience, you know, the yoga experience, the meditation experience, the breathwork experience, and then synthesizing all of it together in some points, in some points in time, like it really would catalyze very powerful releases and I remember you know from the age of I think like the last time I like from 13 to 21 eight I didn't cry for eight years yeah it's a lot yeah it was just a lot of suppression of expression depression which leads to depression and yeah so that's I feel a huge revelation that I had as well uh, was I was always so in search for the higher activations right to kind of explore more of the ethers and then the astral realms you know and so it wasn't really until I started really grounding in and doing the inner work that I started seeing the the value that these medicines have on healing old wounds from my childhood and practicing and cultivating forgiveness and acceptance and self-love and self-care which was has really inspired me uh, as a coach you know help support others in that space of really getting just the root of just like everything else is just trauma response everything Mm -hmm. else is a safety mechanism Mm -hmm. just to get to the core of how we're protecting ourselves from getting hurt from pain from rejection fear of all that um fear of loss and so um this this aspect of integration i feel is like one of the most vital parts of it because it's what happens after the ceremony and what we do afterwards that really begins to cultivate like where we're really receiving the medicine and how it's really working and not just putting a band-aid over it um, but really tuning in mm-hmm. um, and so i really appreciate you kind of expanding more on that um, how have you seen your relationships and your health um, and other areas in your life change due to the, the support of the holistic aspect of using the medicines with the, the practices that you share profoundly it's changed my relationships profoundly um you know i could talk to you all about the supernatural magical properties of shamanism and you know all that great stuff about traveling through the astral but 
at the end of the day, like we're in the physical realm and there's a lot of stuff going on in this realm. And, you know, you're not going to be able to like, if you have a bad relationship with your parents and you live with your parents, (laughs) you're not going to be astral projecting every day because you're not going to feel safe. Yeah. You know, like, and feeling that oneness and that love was so transformative and powerful for me with medicine that I was just like, I can never hate another human being again. Like, yeah, maybe frustration and, and annoyance will creep in, but like, I don't want to ever perpetuate a cycle of like hostility or passive aggression or whatever with my parents, with my girlfriend, with my best friend, with, you know, the dog, like, <laughs> you know, like what, like whatever, just, I just want, like, it's just like after medicine, you just like peace among, with all things, peace, walk in peace with all things, with all beings. And I'm curious, I'm curious, and you mentioned it really quickly. Uh, and it's something I'm very interested in as well is I'm also in a divine partnership um, and the medicines have really offered me great reflections uh, <laughs> in many different ways there. Um, yeah. But I'm curious to know, like, what what has been some lessons that you've been receiving uh, in your divine partnership, which I feel that in itself is medicine. Um, oh, yeah. itself is, like, psychedelic because it's how much is manifesting, you know, instantly through those conversations, ways yeah. of exchanging and being. So, first of all, um, if you're going to be in a divine partnership, relationship, like, and one thing that helps with my relationship is that my partner, she has sat with the same medicines as I have. And so she understands the whole process of, you know, experiencing ceremony and integrating. Mm -hmm. And with her, I feel like the constant or most powerful learning experience most medicinal learning experience I had was communication Mm. was learning how to be transparent and vulnerable because Mm. I feel like as men, we also don't like looking weak in front of women, (laughs) which is pretty crazy because like they're really perceptive and smart. So like lying to them is just futile. (laughs) 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 And, um, Mm. and so that's, that's what I feel was the most powerful lesson was transparency, honesty, communication, um, understanding, uh, patience, patience, and, uh, and also frustration, you know, like, and learning how to let go of frustration and learning that there is forgiveness within frustration, you know, like sometimes, we get frustrated with our partner and like, and you know, it's not us and it's not them. It's like, usually it's life. That's kind of like stressful. Like whether it be, you know, just the 3d materialistic programming that's going around all like all around us, you know, just subtly influencing our thoughts and, you know, making us pressure to make more money or whatever. But, 
Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate that because that in itself is what the medicine I feel really offers is that space of surrender. Um, really just surrendering, letting go of all those safety mechanisms that don't allow us to be authentic and, and transparent because of the fear of looking weak, you know, mm-hmm. which is, you know, really uh, the fear of uh, rejection, the fear of not having the same love mm-hmm. um, because of patterns that taught us that, you know, that that's how we need to be to have love. Um, but in the medicine, in the ceremonies, at least speaking for myself, like it's always been a space where like there's no more walls and like, yeah. there's like, hey, this is seeing myself truly as I am and letting go to all the insecurities and all the fears and all the worries to that full embrace and self-acceptance, I feel, has really been a profound uh, medicinal kind of um way the medicine has worked with me um, and it sounds like it's been similar in your space of working with these medicines and correlation to how it's supported and healed uh, the divine partnership and, and grown it and, and deepened the bond uh, which is again all just a reflection of self um, a final thing I want to kind of touch base the two final things here um, is something that uh, I feel like is pretty is, is apparent in your own I- energy in itself but this conversation topic of ikaros mm-hmm. um, you know like um, which from my understanding you know it's it's the uh, song that's channeled through the plant um in which these shamans play uh, for you i feel specifically and individually um as part of the ceremony um and i know that you you have the handle song the plants um <laughs> <laughs> and so i'd love to hear about your experience with these ikaros and what inspired you to kind of like take on the song of the plants kind of like vibration and sharing that with others um Mm -hmm. in the in the realms of social media yeah so my journey my ayahuasca journey with a shipipo shaman um was what inspired that and the ikaros which is the According to the indigenous people of the Amazon rainforest, the Icaros is the language of the plants. But to them, the plants are speaking. They're not speaking like how we speak to each other in kind of like mechanical robotic English. The plants are actually singing to each other. So they're they're flowing at all times. (laughs) They're They're keeping it flowing. They're keeping it flowing. (laughs) And um. And these indigenous people, they've lived in the jungle for generations, 3,000 years at least, probably way longer. And, you know, they're not exposed to all the things we're exposed to, which would, you know, stress out, which to them, our lifestyle would be too stressful for their senses in a lot of ways. With all the sound of the planes and the cars and the pollution... You know, the food being dirty, the water being dirty, like it's their, their bodies are sensitive to that. You know, they gave Coca-Cola to an Amazonian and like they drank it and they instantly vomited because they said (laughs) it was the sweetest thing they've ever tasted in their life. You know what I mean? Like we can handle a Coca-Cola and like, you know, most people here can, but like somebody born indigenous in the wilderness, in the Amazon, you know, they're born in the Garden of Eden, essentially. Right. You know, and if we take something like dogs and wolves, wolves were are have very strong senses, very strong instincts. Dogs are domesticated, and so they're not as 
they don't have that same level of instinct and intuition that the wolf has. And that's what I'm trying to get at is with these people, the Shipipo, the Yaqui, the Yawanawa, all these indigenous people, they all have, they have very strong, very sharp senses. And in their culture and their mythology, they said they didn't know language. I mean, they did, but they didn't. They said that the plants taught them how to speak. You know what I mean? Um, the way the ayahuasca brew is made. Mm-hmm. When they ask, like, how, how did you guys know what plants to mix? You know? And yeah. then they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> plants told us what yeah. to do. Yeah. You know? It wasn't us. Yeah. You know? And so it's, cor- it's correlated to um, the communication that we have with these plants, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the consciousness that they hold. And, uh, and you mentioned, too, the sensitivity um, of that, you know, and, like, many ways uh in the west coast you know or just over here in the united states our sensitivity is really numbed out through these foods and through the processing of these foods and mm-hmm. like what that does to our systems and our awareness and whatnot um so that's that's really profound you know and that's been inspirational to see you do kind of like a 30-day water fast and mm-hmm. cleanse out a lot in that way um and so final question i have for you my friend uh is given your experiences with these medicines and the work that you've done on yourself and the path that you've walked and the transition and, and transformation that you've had along the way, which is really beautiful. Man. And it's always such an inspiration to hear you speak and to hear you share more of what's uh, uh, been in your direct experience. Um, I'd love to hear about what inspiration you have to share of everyone behind the screen um, as uh, they are becoming more inspired to walk a similar path with the medicine and uh, for individuals that might be like a few years back where you used to be mm-hmm. uh, what advice what support uh, what reflection would you offer them um, as if as if they're interested um, in the medicine and, and walking that way I would say to You know, if you're going to be walking the path with medicine and, you know, dabbling and experiencing, you know, start with something gentle like magic mushrooms, psilocybin, and then kind of gauge and see where you're at. And then I do highly recommend the more potent psychedelic experiences. However, I recommend them with a shaman who from the from the indigenous tribe or has been initiated by the indigenous tribe and because having a shaman in a psychedelic experience is very 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 helpful Mm. because sometimes we get stuck in the psychedelic experience and if we don't know how to circulate our own energy and ground ourselves you know, the shaman's there to help guide the energy and to help let, let you know that you're okay and that you're safe. And, and, and so psych- doing a psychedelic can be scary if to do it by yourself. I've done it, I've done it by myself and it was interesting to say the least, but <laughs> be mindful about who you share your energy with in shamanic ceremonies because there's a lot of fake shamans in LA too who are just like just selling you kind of like fast food ayahuasca you know and 
And what was what what would you consider fast food ayahuasca? Like like I went to, like one time I had my first ayahuasca ceremony. I like went to this church, this like Native American Indian church. It wasn't really Native American Indian church, but it was. Um out in Joshua Tree and they had 60 people sitting in that room doing ayahuasca together. 60 people. And none of them were shamans, they were all facilitators. Because, you know, and it was the most, it was such a weak and watered down experience compared to the Shipipo Peruvian experience that I was like, yeah, I'm never going to sit with, with a non-shaman again. Like, um, personally, I like the Icaros because they are, it's like cymatics, you know, like it creates geometry. It's magic. It's sound magic. You know, like part of magic is speaking. And, you know, if you know the right words, you can make anything happen. That's something Terrence McKenna said. If you know the right words, you can make anything happen. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking to existence. Speaking to existence, exactly. Like an an Egyptian, like an Egyptian pharaoh. Wow, that's powerful, man. You speak it, you create it instantaneously. Right. You want to, you want to, you want to, you know, potted plant from the Amazon rainforest, just hold out your hand and focus. But if you don't have the connection dialed in, it's going to take longer. You know, meditation is very important. And if you're going to go on the path of medicine, learn how to meditate, practice meditating for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. Try building Mm. your meditation practice. The longest I've ever meditated, it was on the beach. It was four hours long and I had a psychedelic experience at the end of that four hour meditation. Like it was crazy. Just seeing writing in the sand, seeing faces in the sand, seeing insects in the sand. It was, it was crazy. Very cool though. And meditation, very important. Breathing, learning how to breathe, knowing the different styles of breathing. You know, we talked about the relaxed breathing, the, the child breathing, the abdomen breathing. That's the style of breathing you do when you're going to have an outer body experience and after projection is you get into a rhythm with your breath, you know, and then eventually your mind relaxes and then you pop out. And then that's the space for exploration and, and observation. You, yeah. And then you can explore and see wow. and meet crazy entities and other and things. And yeah, I feel like that's a, another conversation itself of yeah. protecting your energy while you're traveling, while yeah. you're portal questing ways to make sure that these entities aren't latching on and, and, or which is why we need a shaman, right? A guide, yeah. someone that's experienced in, in these realms, right? I think that's a huge area. Like you mentioned, discernment of what portals you're opening, who you're mm. opening with, what your preparation for portal opening, you know? Um, mm. and like, you know the mindfulness of that because it can be very dangerous you know and it can be very severe um you know i've I've seen and have heard stories and have direct experiences of others who have come back um and not just by themselves but something that they have to work through and work on and open portals that aren't closed and don't know how to close them and it's an interesting very profound realm um it's important to know these kind of uh these ways um, before we just, you know, sit with just some medicine in our apartments and see what happens, you know, which. Yeah. And just safety, overall safety is very important for medicine. Like, you know, doing medicine in 
a house in LA, Orange County has a different risk factor than doing medicine in the Amazon rainforest in the jungle. Right. You know, different risks are that are present and, um, setting, you know, like just the overall setting, like, cause the sound, you're very sensitive to sound when you're on medicine. You're very sensitive to a lot of things when you're on medicine too. Like you're very, your senses are very heightened. And so it's important to know that like, let's say you do have a bad trip. Well, part of the reason why you're having a bad trip is because your senses are really strong and you're super, you're abnormally more sensitive to other energies than you, than you norm than you're used to. So, Hmm. you know, be mindful that not all the energy coming through Mm. is you. Right. Sometimes it's somebody else. Right, right, right. Sometimes it's your parents. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's your parents' fear that is just, they're just, that's in their aura at all times. And you Mm. feel that, you know, um, let's see, let's see. So set setting who you do it with. You're going to sit with medicine association, you know, like it's always, I love sitting in medicine ceremonies with my friends, girlfriend, and, um, just my, you know, if I ever had a chance to sit with my family members, I think that'd be great. Yeah. People you can trust and people, you know, cause then it's, cause it's, it's a little bit different. However, like if you ever go to a medicine ceremony and you're, you know, there's people you don't know, like just know everybody, everybody there is there with the intention to heal. And so everybody's in that space of unconditional love and acceptance. Mm. Sweet man, what a beautiful conversation and and potency uh, in these awareness of discernment, uh, set and setting, association, and the power of what's possible, which anything is possible. It's just our intention, what we're seeking, what we want. Right, asking that question like you do with ayahuasca when you're with her, like, what do you want? You know, and then in that space of discovery and clarity. Um, being able to also be mindful of doing the work, right? And instead of astral projecting um, in your room when you need to heal with your parents, you know, <laughs> like making sure you do the work yeah. and, <laughs> and being in the body so that we can heal those relationships so we could be in this realm instead of escaping, um, instead of running away, um, but really facing and embracing everything that's in front of us. And so I'm really inspired by your share, dude, and thank you so much for the way that you've walked and, and for sitting with these medicines and for sharing more and having the courage and and, um, i'm grateful i called you into the portal cast and we opened up the space and the same way we open is the way that we close it so if you'd like to close it with some with a a song and some sound uh it'd be an Mm -hmm. honor to receive from you cool thank you everybody take a deep breath in exhale You are love, you are light. 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 In ceremony, the most powerful tool a shaman has is the rattle because the rattle can establish rhythm 
the human body responds to rhythm at the most primordial level. When we hear music playing at a festival, we dance. Everybody dances. Just goes to show how powerful music is. Makes people move. It vibrates and makes other things vibrate. Things tune into it and synchronize to it. Music, rhythm, the rattle, shamanism, the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth, Gaia, 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 Gaia. She's in a rhythm. She's in a rhythm with herself. She's in a rhythm with the sun. She's in a rhythm with the moon. She's in a rhythm with the stars. She's in a rhythm with us. And we're in a rhythm with her. Mother Earth. We're dancing to her beat. We're dancing to her heart. We're dancing with her heart. She keeps us in rhythm. She keeps us in check. For she created our bodies. So stay humble, for you are made out of earth. But be noble, for your soul was forged from stars. Be humble. Because earth and the heavens meet in the heart. Be grateful. Gratitude, acceptance, forgiveness, understanding. The most powerful thing the psychedelic experience has ever taught me was that knowledge and power is useless without love. You can have all the knowledge in the world, you can have all the power in the world, but if you got no one to love and no one to love you, it doesn't mean anything. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kevin, for your beautiful words and for allowing us to share this portal. Until another portal is cast, we will see you guys in another now. Oh, oh. closing the portal. Whew. <laughs>